Naked ABCs, where we exclaim and explain each Bare Naked Lady song while we restrain ourselves from brain drain. I'm your host, Tracy, and I am joined by Aaron and Michelle. And tonight's a big night. We are into the bees. Oh, uh, yes. Woot, woot. It's <laughs> enthusiasm. It's, it's about time. <laughs> it's about time, yeah. B is B is another long letter though, so it's we're gonna be here for a while. A's the A's and B's and C's take us the first year, so and then it picks up. Tonight's song is Baby Seat off the 2000 album Maroon. Here is a quick snippet of the song. Those of you who for some reason don't remember this song. Left your hometown in the spring and turned your back on everything. Duffy collaboration that they would ever do for a Bare Naked Ladies song and on a Bare Naked Ladies album. That's too bad because I really like this song. I like the, I pretty much like all of the Paige Duffy songs that I've heard and I can remember as being Paige Duffy songs. Yeah, agreed. Me too. So I, I don't know why they decided to go in that direction, but it makes me sad because, I mean, Stephen's an amazing writer in his own right, so is Stephen Duffy. And of course, when they work with, when, when, uh, Steven's working with Ed. He's an amazing artist as well. But I really do like that change up every now and then where they have Stephen Duffy come in and he adds something that's a little bit different to the group. Music, why don't we hand it over to you, Aaron, for the breakdown. Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Aaron's gonna talk about construction. (laughs) Breakdown. All right, so Baby Seat is uh, paced at approximately 104 beats per minute, right in their comfort zone, I think. Honestly, that's where a lot of their stuff uh, tends to hang. Uh, it's in the key of D major, again, seeing a lot of D major. I think it's a really comfortable key for Steven's voice, is probably why. Uh, we all have our preferred keys. Um, sounds great, I love it. It makes use of a interestingly enough a, a one seven four one chord progression for that rocking chorus uh which is a little unusual it's not you know it's not like it's crazy out there uh you know atonal jazz or anything but it's it's definitely it's not like a one four five rock tune it's it's a little different and the form is kind of interesting it starts off with the intro of course we've got the verse the verse goes into a pre-chorus of sorts, uh, which is kind of like this interlude between the verse and the chorus that bridges them together. So you got verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, another round from the chorus, and then sort of a coda to uh, kind of cap it off. Which means it's an A, B, C, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, C form, which is really nice. I like it a lot. The The form is really solid. Uh, the you know the chord progression is not you know unheard of but unusual. Uh, it's something a little different that we're that we're hearing from them. The intro. The intro for some reason kind of made me think of "You Make My Dreams Come True" by Holland Oates. <laughs> I 
I have no idea. Like, I can't, like, give you a real <laughs> reason why, but it just made me think of that. Although, to be honest, the verse has a bit more of a country flavor to it, almost, in a way. Um, the verse grew on me, but I initially, I immediately loved the chorus. The, the vocal harmonies and the keys are absolutely beautiful. Um, I, you know, I, I've said in the past from my experience that I think, especially on the Stephen Page tunes, that the bridge is my favorite part of the song. Uh, in this case, the chorus really blew me away, and I really love that. It's it's catchy and hooky, definitely, but it's also just uh, very well written, and I particularly love the harmonies and the keys. Uh, really great musicianship all around. When you say one four seven, was it one four seven four? Uh, one seven four one. One seven four one. I was close. I got the right numbers, just the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? I, I, okay. I'm a music novice. I don't know anything. No, yeah, that's that's a good question. So, when I say one, that's what we call the tonic, and that means you know if it's in the key of D, the first chord of the D scale is D. So you start with D, then E would be you know the second, the third would be F, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's typically speaking, you see something like a one four five. That's I, I think there's I can't remember what the it's like the the Council of Awesome or something. Is there's a band that does the the song that's all songs or whatever? They're making fun of the fact that all pop songs essentially use one four five one as a chord progression, and it is very true. It's not it's not like omnipresent, but probably a good ninety percent of pop, rock, country, blues, uh, <laughs> popular music in general tends to use one four five or like some kind of variation on that. In jazz, you start to get things like one six two five one or something like that. But you'll usually get either a five back to the tonic, the one, or a four to the tonic, uh, because those tend to pull towards the one. The other chord that pulls towards the one, the tonic, is the seventh because it's so close. I'm really kind of giving really general. Uh, <laughs> these are very, oversimplifying things, but uh, one seven four one is a little unusual because you know going from one to the seven. Uh, immediately is kind of a strange move and then going to the four instead of the five uh, makes the resolution not quite as or you wouldn't think as powerful but it makes for a really interesting chord progression that still flows well and it's just a little more unusual it's not something that you hear as often so to me that was kind of a that was kind of a treat you know <laughs> for me I'm, I'm the kind of nerd that sits there and i'll go well i haven't really heard that very frequently and what is that so i sat down I, i'm not you know honestly i didn't uh really uh break down the the verse as much or whatever but the chorus really caught my attention and um the whole song seems to be kind of based around that sort of flow uh i really did enjoy it it's a it's a great song and uh, I, I listened to it multiple times and i would listen to it again now what type of like what what was the time signature on this i know you told us it was like 104 beats per minute but like what's is it like a is it a four four like normal rock it didn't sound yeah like that's com common time four four it was four four okay yeah that's- it just had that really odd beat in the background. It's not like he was hitting that bass drum constantly. Yeah, the I mean the drumming was really good. I like that too. Honestly, um, I think I was so I was so focused on the the chords and the vocals and the harmonies and stuff. I really which is interesting because I am a drummer. Yeah, because for me it was like the drums were like omnipresent throughout the whole song. From like, I felt like Stephen and the drums were like the most present thing in the song especially after the after the intro the drums are actually they're just uh, on doing a regular 4/4 common time rock beat i think what you're hearing is they're they're very emphasized uh which i like you know what honestly maybe that was the hollow notes connection because in the 80s they had the drums were very much at the front you know they really kind of beefed them up in in the the post mixing process and they put the eq on them and they i, I think of like uh, the intro to money for nothing when they got the big boomy reverb on the drums and stuff like that 
I think honestly that's half the reason I became a drummer is because I grew up my parents were listening to that stuff and I was exposed to it and the drums just kind of got in my head they were all so far at the forefront of that um, but yeah the, the drums are very very high up in the mix um, you're hearing a lot of especially in the chorus a lot of fast work on the hi-hat which tends to make it sound more full I think than a lot of other beats you might be used to hearing and then there is uh, there is it does pick up the bass drum does pick up a little bit in the chorus uh, but honestly no it's not it's actually not that unusual it's a fairly it's a fairly common kind of uh just 4-4 rock beat but i think it's just it's just mixed very uh prominently and then um is it i'm so i apologize is it tyler tyler right is the drummer tyler. he's he's kind of going and he's going into like i think he's changing it up from an 8 beat to a 16 beat or he's definitely playing like a 16 beat at least in the chorus it's getting a little busier and as a result you kind of you're hearing it more and it seems like it's more active but yeah i i really dig it he's he always does a great job as well definitely I love Kevin's keys in the background. Like oh, yeah. The, love the keys. During the bridge, he's sitting there, and he's just trilling the keys. And it's got this nice, soft, just gentle, relaxing quality to it. Um, almost reminds me of, like, Falling Rain or, like, this waterfall kind of playing in the background while yeah. he's singing or while the harmonies are going. You can hear that. Yeah, I really love that. was Aside from the vocal harmonies, I think my favorite part was the keys. And it's interesting... Um, I think I may have actually said something to this effect before, um, but I think the keys in these in a lot of these songs are. are I really feel like it's so easy to kind of miss them because they they're kind of lower in the mix. You know, we just talked about how prominent the drums were. Um, you know, the keys. Some of the lines you can hear on the keys are pretty prominent, but some of them are you know there's several like layers to them, and some of them are really kind of buried underneath some other things. But they create this really wonderful kind of collage that just kind of runs underneath the song and fills it out and makes it sound so much more rich and lush. Um, I really feel like he's kind of. I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> you guys are the are the VNL experts here, but I feel like he might be kind of the unsung hero of the band because I feel like he really adds so much to so many of these songs and just kind of. Um, a lot of the uh, other implied like tonalities and some of the uh, some of the you know additional kind of character and color of the chords are provided by these, these kind of key lines that are almost like a, a film score and they're just kind of underscoring everything. Um, totally. I think that's really really true in this in this song as well, even though you can hear some of them quite well. But I really love them. I think you did a great job on on those key lines. And as uh, someone who plays the keys myself, although poorly, uh, <laughs> I certainly can appreciate some good keys. Yes. Yeah, I, I I like how um kind of understated it's like the song kind of sneaks in and and the vocals are mm-hmm. very subtle or understated. Um and then you get to the chorus and it's just that beautiful again, that beautiful layering and layering and layering and layering and it's just so good. And I think that's so much different than so many of their other songs. Like I'm mm-hmm. used to, like, with B&L having this, like, we had talked about a little bit before, like, this wall of sound that kind of goes with yep. it, where you, like, it comes together in this beautiful, like, magistry of of kaleidoscope of music with all the different things that's going on in the song. This song is very, like, simple and broken down. Like, you've only got, like, five major... Um, You've only got five major pieces in the band. The electric bass, the pianos, the electric guitar, and drums. And then a tra- tambourine to kind of add some flavor. Other than that, it's that's it. That's that's the instruments in the song, whereas other songs are much more elaborate. And I don't get that wall of sound, which is almost in, in on the rest of the album. 
is refreshing. It's it's kind of like that sorbet that's mm-hmm. in the middle. <laughs> Palate cleanser. I think a lot of it. Well, is I, the I think you know the vocals just yeah that very cleanness. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the vocals in the keys, yeah, for me especially in the in the chorus. I think that's probably why I like it so much. Is I feel like. The verse is very stripped down. The chorus is not quite so overwhelming as some of the other stuff that we might refer to as a wall of sound, but it, the, the dynamic contrast between the verse and the chorus really makes it when the chorus kicks in. It's very enjoyable. It's a great effect, and uh, and I really dig it. Like I said, I'm not a chorus guy. I'm the guy who's like, oh, I like that connecting part of the end of the verse, or I like the bridge, you know. You know, I, there are choruses I like, definitely, but a lot of people, they're all about the chorus. That's not me, but uh, this song, I certainly am. I'm on team chorus for Baby Seat. It's a great chorus. It's a great song, but it just there's something about it. That I just started nodding my head when that chorus came in, and I was like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> to me, I feel like the song is kind of like the the understated verses are almost kind of him talking to himself, you know, or just sort of like getting through the day. But then the chorus comes in, and that's kind of what he presents to the world, like mutter, 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 rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb. Mm. Oh, and then here I am, you know, no, I've got to live my life on my own, and be an adult and grow up. And um, one thing that this song always, uh, I didn't remember this song, Tracy, when you first mentioned it. Um, but then as soon as I played it, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Uh, Maroon is one of the albums that I listen to all <laughs> yeah. the time. And it's yeah. just not one that I seeked out. Seeked? Is that a word? S-E-E-K-E-D? Yeah. I don't know. Suck? Sought, Sawed. I think. Sought. Sought. That's Sought. right. There we go. I know. I'm like, this isn't right. Um, it's not a Forsooth, song. Forsooth, <laughs> surely. I didn't search it out, but as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh, yes, I know this song. As you like it. It's almost like it reminds me of that Corinthians verse. When I was a child, I spoke like a child and yes, thought like a child yes. and acted like a when child. When I became but a man, I put man away childish put things. Away such childish yeah. things. It's kind of, it feels like it's the same moral to the story. Like, you know, yeah, totally. That's a really good point, Michelle. And in fact, I, I feel like this song is more relevant now than ever with all these people talking about how hard adulting is and stuff Wicked. like that and adulting classes. I think that's that's always been the case. I think it's just more prevalent now because we came up with this cute term for it, adulting and stuff like that. Adulting has always been hard. So people, don't be so hard on people who say it's hard because it's cutesy. It used to be uh, Adulting has always been hard. In the hard. industrial age, it used to be hard to be anything, like a nine-year-old mill worker. Yeah. But now, yeah, exactly. now we, we kind of have it easy. Adults had to adult. Yeah, we do. That that is true. We it gets progressively easier to exist, especially in like uh, in America. Especially, but. you just watch. In a couple of weeks, we'll be contradicting ourselves, and we'll be saying that it's hard to be a child. All these kids. Well, it is. It's you know, it's hard to be human. Especially the line at the end, "I'll renounce Jack Kerouac and all of that romantic crap." I like, love that. Yeah. So, and plus the the generation that it's from, because it's totally like speaks to the Gen X, which mm-hmm. I am a proud member, a card carrying member of Gen X. <laughs> um, I just feel like those of us in our twenties, in the nineties had a very romantic look upon the 60s mm-hmm. you know or some of us did and now now we have a totally different view you know and it's like and i like what you said aaron like this song is actually more relevant now than it was then like in your 20s whatever you can still you know be ridiculous but once you get past <laughs> that you really have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and be an adult Let's- 
every single responsibility you take on weighs you down more and more and makes you feel like your your options are are more and more limited and there's something that's so like soul crushing about that but at the same time i also feel like you just you kind of steep you know you're like tea and you become more of who you are so there's the upside of that is you become more comfortable with who you are and you care less about what other people think because you've been around long enough to be like oh, whatever i got friends i have people who like the people i care about know me and accept me and love me for who i am so i really don't care what random troll on the internet says right. you know <laughs> so you know yeah it, it's there's good there's upsides and bad and downsides but it's a I, I meant what i said it's always hard to be a human at whatever age Amen. You know, it's, uh, preach to the choir it's it totally is hard <laughs> to be a human it's so hard oh my god i almost kind of feel like this song too like i'd love to Stephen page if you're listening we really want you to come on this show because i have some questions oh my god yeah very much um just saying putting it out there you never know but it's almost like looking at this song now compared to when it was written it's almost a bit like rolling your eyes at your younger self like oh gosh oh 100 percent. really 100 you 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 know oh, the yeah. things that you think are so we all have those important moments. and it's <laughs> such a big deal and it's you have to make a big production <laughs> come on just go to work do your job get your check come home watch tv and be quiet eat some ice cream you know what i mean like it's such an interesting song. For that reason, it's the perfect companion piece for Never Do Anything. This matches up perfectly with that whole theme of, I'm never going to do anything. Like, I'm never going to be important. <laughs> and then you go on the other end, he's like, yeah, grow up. <laughs> but Never Do Anything yeah, I mean, is more fun, though. But it's still a great song. On a, to connect this to my other hobby, which is, uh, as you probably know, gaming, playing video games. There's a great <laughs> video game called The Last of Us which is set in a post-apocalyptic America. And this girl who has lived her entire life post-apocalypse is talking to an older man who has been around since before. And they're kind of like scavenging through this house and she finds a diary of a girl who grew up before the apocalypse. And she says, is this really all they had to worry about? Boys, movies, deciding which shirt goes with the skirt? <laughs> It's bizarre. Yes. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah. Like, you don't even think about that. But Like, oh, my God, it totally is. Like, all we have to worry about. <laughs> but the thing is, though, when you are in, when you occupy that space. It's hard. Those things, your your worries and troubles grow to occupy whatever space you have. So it's like the fish that grows as big as the tank will allow. Yes. I really do feel that. And that's so important. Like, I don't know, like, Tracy, I think you probably deal with kids more than I do, certainly in my in my job but like whenever i am talking to some, like a friend's kid or i've had a babysitter or something i always try and remember that because like when you're that age it doesn't matter what your troubles are whatever they are they're gonna worry you almost to the same extent like it, this is an existential crisis yes. if i don't get two cookies instead of one like this because that's because that's all you have and you have no frame of reference well, i only got that two is a tragedy cookies, but she got three because <laughs> That is not fair. <laughs> the same, you know, the same chemicals in your brain are being released. They just happen, you know, to us, we're like, why would you get upset over that? But when you're in that space, if you're that age, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tragedy. So I, I think, yeah, I, I look back certainly at like teenage me and young 20 me even. And I kind of cringe uh, when I think of some things yes. that I've said or done. Usually women in the shower. I'm like, ugh. You have those moments of reflection, quiet reflection, and just recrimination. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I agree. I think uh, this is probably a song, to a certain extent, about aging. Like, 40 Days at Sea, 
that was a, a line that kind of tipped me into that. Um, and yeah, we kind of like, if we make it back, or announce Jack Kerouac. Oh, oh, my favorite line, my absolute favorite line in this song was, uh, if you think growing up is tough, then you're not, they're just not grown up enough. I love that. That, that was one was, of my <laughs> favorite lines as well. That yeah. is such a great line. You always realize later on, oh man, I had it so easy in comparison. And it's always that. You know what's funny? That makes me think of a line in the redo or the new it um, episodes of um, the X-Files. David Duchovny is talking about something and he said, oh, nice. back in the day is now. <laughs> now. Right now is back in the day. So just embrace yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be and back in like, the day to another totally future you. Because, you know... You're missing it if you're if you're only focused on back in the day from the 90s. Well, back in the day is right now. When I'm 70, right now is going to be back in the day. Remember before you hit menopause, how good that was? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just interesting. It's an interesting song, and I'm sorry to hijack the podcast. No, no, I can talk about video games. You can talk about X Files. I love X Files. I haven't really seen the new the uh, new episodes, but I really want to. X Files. I wonder if that was their way of like answering answering to you know internet armchair critics Aaron. who are like, well, it's not as good as it was back in the day. It, you know what's weird is that the X Files is so good. The new episodes, you have to start watching it because it's like they tap into the exactly what's happening in the country. And it's more like a documentary than a a TV show. Wow. Like it, but they do it in such an entertaining way. But it's sort of like, oh my god, this is what's happening right now. This is happening right now. This is a real show. This is real. This is not fake. Yeah. This is this is the X Files. We're living in the X Files. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely scary. have to check it out because I, I was a huge fan back back in the day. <laughs> Of the uh, the X Files. Oh, can yeah. you sing that? Sorry, I don't know if that's gonna. <laughs> back, back then, the only thing we had to worry about were aliens invading and probing. And Y two K. Now we have much more to worry about. We had to worry about Y two K. Oh man, yeah, the looming threat of Y two K. Which brings me back to this song because I I feel like Stevens once again saying like like as we're growing up like that in that early twenties that teenage late teenage early twenties. And just trying to figure out who they are and explore their personality and what it means to be who they are and what it means to be a human. And, you know, then we grow to, to this point that we're like, yes, that's important. But there's so many more other important things that we have to focus on on a day-to-day basis. Let's focus on that. And I get the feeling that that's kind of what this song is kind of trying to say is like, yeah, that self-exploration, you know, the Jack Kerouac stuff, the romantic stuff the the bob dylan stuff it's it's wonderful and all but there's so much more important things out there for us to focus on let's like get past these self journeys that that are that we are all going on and grow beyond that and mature i i love the bob dylan reference by the way if 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 people who are listening didn't get the bob dylan reference that last line in the in the bridge the i'm an artist don't look back is a Bob Dylan reference mm-hmm. to the song She Belongs to Me, in which he's romantically singing about an independent woman. By the way, it's a, it's a sarcastic title in the thing. He's very obvious that, that she doesn't, in fact, belong to anyone. And the line is referencing a line in the song where he says, she's an artist, she doesn't look back. <laughs> back off, man. I'm a scientist. 
what were what were your guys' thoughts on? I don't know, random Ghostbusters. But... That's the one that always got to me. <laughs> I thought, like, for the longest time, I thought it was a sacrilegious Jesus kind of metaphor. Yeah, I one hundred percent. My mind went to the last te- the last temptation of uh, Christ. And I don't like listening yeah. to it now. And it, I I think it's all about his own perception of himself. Like he's so special. He's so important and he's so the Jim Morrison, you know, he's got his hair and he's got his shirt undone halfway. And he's so, you know, he's the beautiful man and he's so (laughs) special and important. In my mind, it's just Kanye West listening to his own music on repeat. Kanye West. (laughs) That whole thing, you know, it's so that, you know, and so she, of course, bends down to kiss his feet and, Blah blah blah, but then you know she gets in between the sheets and it's like, look, you need to grow the frig up now. <laughs> yeah, I'll play your game, I'll worship you, but you need to step it up to the plate. Stop being buddy. the son. Stop being the baby. He. Oh, that's interesting. You know what? I didn't even think about that until you just said that, Tracy. But by calling him the son, I mean, yeah, of course, I was thinking Jesus, but the son is defining your role in relationship to your parents, thus putting you in a childlike position, regardless of how old you are. So. That's oh, I mean, look, I'm the second child. <laughs> That's my band name. So, I guess I tell you, me and Steven, I like this Are guy. You the overlooked middle I get child. The, this guy gets me. Are you the? I'm the second child. I'm I'm the middle child. Obviously, I'm I'm craving attention twenty four seven. I'm the middle I'm child. I'm the oldest, and I'm gonna just take the attention and storm in the room and get it. Yeah, that was yeah. And you're gonna do what I say. Well, it's I'm the oldest, or I'm the youngest. It's like, I'm the most in the middle. <laughs> I don't really have. Wasn't as snappy. Didn't work as well. My parents forgot my birthday. Oh, <laughs> Chris. Uh, I mean, Aaron. Uh, go do the take the trash out. <laughs> I got that a lot. Oh my! Yeah, nobody can remember names. I think we all got that a yeah. lot. Depending. Yeah, whatever on your name is. Birth order. No, my name's Damn It. Right? <laughs> you always say Damn It. Go take the trash out. <laughs> So I was confused. I don't know if you guys are confused. It seems like like Stephen's changing perspective throughout mm. this song. He does that. He does like, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like some. I've heard people say that it drives them nuts. I I don't mind it so much until I listen like listen to it for this podcast for like ten times, and then of course the little idiosyncrasies kind of drill him. But like he's changing, like he's talking third person, then she's talking to him, and then she's talking to the guru, and then she's talking to him again. It's like it's like a Pulp Fiction Tarantino approach to to music yes. to lyrics. I like it. Well, it's like maybe that's where Teen Tarantino got it. Maybe could be. It's like Break Your Heart. He does that quite successfully in Break Your Heart. That that's our new theory, by the way. What's that, that? That Tarantino listened to this <laughs> song by Stephen Page and came up with his whole style. By the way, uh, Quentin Tarantino, if you're watching this podcast, we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> you're always welcome on our podcast. Oh my god, that would be. I mean, as much as I, w- I would love, obviously, you know, the the BNL boys to come onto the podcast. I'm like, you know, I'm a huge cinephile. Anyone who knows me knows I would freak the hell out. I probably wouldn't even be able to talk if Quentin came on. (laughs) You'd be in the corner crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So did you have a favorite line from this, Michelle? Because I'm going to share mine in a minute, but I wanted to see if you had one. You go ahead. I I, I don't have a particularly favorite line. I just... 
think the whole concept of the song is interesting. It is. Yeah. I love the line that you mentioned, Aaron. Yeah. I think I like the so- the line, but we still seek a sneaky peek at heaven when the working week defeats us. Yeah. Because I love the poetry of it, the truth of it. Like, when things get bad, we always look to heaven. We always try to see what's ahead of us. We always try to see, like, what's what's the reward ahead of time. And I love the fact that he's rhyming the middle of the line. Instead of putting the rhymes at the end of the, the, end of the Seek line. Seek a sneaky here, peek. He puts it at the... Well, he's got sneaky peek, but then on the next line is weak. And both of them are in the middle of, of the song mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Which is so amazing. Like... How often do people think of doing that? And he does it throughout the song, like not just the middle line, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to rhyme really off things like Jack Kerouac and crap. Like that's, they, you put those two together, they normally rhyme, but in this song, it totally works. I wonder if that's Stephen Duffy's doing. Maybe. Could be. But no, I agree. I love, I love the, that's actually one of the things that I really appreciate about Eminem is his he hides he he has obvious rhymes at the end of his lines but he also hides rhymes within the lines in the middle and things like yes. that and that's really enjoyable he's pretty clever he really i is. don't want to like eminem but I, <laughs> I, you I have, have to, to like i have to i feel like even if you don't like him which is totally an understandable position you have to acknowledge was, the talent yeah yes i i don't want to like him but dang every time i hear him it's like wow um you know what i like about the song tracy i don't have a favorite line but i have i love the progression because it starts out with like the young precious so self-important 20 year old Mm -hmm. and it kind of grows you know the 40 days at sea i think is actually you know like you get into the journey right yeah and it's you're you're aging and now you know now we're living somewhere else but we're keeping opinions to ourselves like you just get older and you pick your battles and whatever you get through the week it is what it is you do your thing and it's just sort of like not depressing but it's kind of a realistic this is how life is this is how life goes yeah it's not always going to be all this important stuff you know what i mean like oh my god i saw bare naked ladies in concert and ed met my eyes i had a moment you know what i mean like all of that although you know more (laughs) those moments are awesome but it's sort of like that's not reality right right but by the way eminem marshall if you're listening uh we would love to have you on the show (laughs) yes you know what yes he is a (laughs) he is i would enjoy speaking with (laughs) i think we all would yeah okay but no i completely agree michelle it's uh, you know it's it's funny is i think maybe i wouldn't have picked up on this stuff as much again uh, i probably wouldn't have appreciated a lot of these songs as much even even six years ago but yeah the, the older i get the the more my perspective shifts things it's interesting like i don't want to go off on a huge rat hole tangent here but like my appreciation for history has skyrocketed and gone through the roof just because you think of like how recent these things were you know when i was a kid world war ii may as well have been around the same time as like you know sparta having war with uh, <laughs> you know with the, the, the persian empire. empire you know what i mean like i was like whatever that was a million years ago you know but then you're like oh, no well, it wasn't my grandfather fought in that war and you're like wow this is a war it was only a few like you know my parents lived in a time when they still had like segregated water fountains and it blows my mind you know and it does make you first of all appreciate how far we've come in so little time relatively but also it makes you appreciate you know how recent these things were and in the, the whole of human history is barely like it's a it's a short breath and i don't know it just the older you get the the, the larger your 
your little slice of life has extended and the more you realize like wow these these slices of life they add up really quickly and and the things that we think of as being long ago aren't aren't that long i don't know to me it just it it really changes your perspective and it, it changes how how things impact you and, and what you really care about so yeah this song i, I think falls into that category of um shifting perspective and i, I really enjoy it it's nice getting older, and it's nice. There are good things about it. Getting a, it's nice getting a longer view mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm enjoying it. It's certainly easier to keep things in perspective or have a better oh, perspective than definitely when you're. <laughs> of a, you know, I haven't thrown a controller in 20 years, you know, but like, <laughs> uh, I'm still that's still me at heart. But yeah, no, it's the reason. Like, I have people who are like, "How can you play Cuphead and not like want to just completely flip a table?" I'm like, "Well, it's annoying, but you know, it's a game. <laughs> it's a video game. You know, not that I don't care, but it's just you know, I, I've had I've had people you know smash the windows of my car. So <laughs> all all things considered, <laughs> you got to put things in perspective. Yeah." No, it gives you more perspective, definitely. The older you get, the more you go through, and the more the people you know go through. It's all, uh, it's all been done. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of it's all been done, did you guys know that there is another podcast out there? What? Well, actually, there's tons of podcasts out there. Really? (laughs) There's another podcast? There's eight? I know there's one called The X-Files Files. Hosted by Kumail Nanjiani. That's a good one. Ooh. There's tons of podcasts out there. There's actually a podcast out there called It's All Been Done. If you have any guesses to what it's about. What? They're covering Bare Naked Ladies songs. What? Since when? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're chronologically? Chronolo- they're doing it chronologically. They're doing chronologically. Chronologically? <laughs> okay, so we're going to have. Thank you. <laughs> When I can spit the word out. There's got to be at least one like uh, opportunity for covering the same song that lines up chronologically and alphabetically, so, right? Oh, that's the num the number system versus the alphabetical system. That's kind of a cool contrast. Well, I've always been more fond of English than math, so yeah. I think we got the right approach. And, and there, he, here's the th- here's the thing, guys. They threw down the gauntlet. Uh oh, gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, they actually said that. That challenging us to some kind of like duel, the challenging <laughs> us to some kind of duel of the of the wit. We will fight to the death would, with knives. Would be punching down. I, I gotta say that's a low blow. Like that's hit how low dare blow. they? All, all I can say is imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Right? How how are who's? I was gonna say whose podcast came first? Oh oh, we were up first. Well then. Who's punching down? Oh, have we really reduced ourselves? Maybe we are. Maybe they are punching down. Have we reduced ourselves to the YouTube commenter saying first? <laughs> yeah. Is that what? First. Is that what we've become? My, what has become of us? No, I know what I say. First is always right. <laughs> like, come on. Where are they from? <laughs> Do we know? Yeah, that's a good question. Are they from Canada? They are from Ohio. Oh, close enough. We totally win. <laughs> that's what people say about Maine, right? Yeah, that's Canada. That's the. The Florida of Canada. We win. We win. Why? Because we're more Canadian. Right. We're closer to Canada, <laughs> so take that. Uh, hey, we we're have closer to our Toronto. I do have we, to give them that. We have better poutine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is a win on our category. <laughs> How many of them are there? I think we're just gonna have to invite them to come on. No, uh, 
in all sincerity, I haven't heard the show, but I would I would like to take a listen to it. I'm sure they're they're good guys, and it sounds like it'd be a good bit of fun if we could uh, collaborate. So if they're open to it, I certainly am. Oh, they are hilarious. Are there any women on their show? There aren't. Well, then we win. Win, win again. They're- oh, we got we got the diversity win. The big D. We we're more diverse than they are. We're more inclu- <laughs> we're an inclusive podcast. And there we go. I identify as a drumstick, so we're super diverse. Six of one. Negative. I'm a meat popsicle. Okay. <laughs> But honestly, these guys are funny. If you get a chance to go listen to them, please do. They yeah. are hilarious. But I would love to cool. have them on sometime. They, they are I wonder if they know Dave Chappelle. He lives in Ohio. Dave Chappelle, if there you're listening go. to this podcast. Dave Chappelle, if you listen to the show, we'd love to have you on. Come on, our show and not theirs. Wait. That should be like 90% of our show is just name dropping random celebrities on the off chance that one of them Somebody hears the episode and be like, yeah, these guys sound fun. It's going to happen. Eventually. In the future, we will be covering Big Bang Theory. I mean, we will be covering the theme to that. So anyone who's on the Big Bang Theory, you know, Maya Bialik or... Kelly Kawakakaka. <laughs> Johnny Galecki, any of you. You're more, Bill Parsons. You're more Johnny Galecki. Yes. I loved him in, uh, I loved him in Suicide Kings. That's a great flick. He played the He's... guy that um, ran the store. He's not on there anymore. He's on um, Speechless. He had oh. the, the speech impediment on the show. I'd love to get him on. Don't I know. like him. Yes. I think he's hilarious. I he's love it cute. whenever he's on that show. Speech <laughs> impediment guy, if you watch the show or listen, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can watch it. You can watch your computer monitor and, like, I don't know. If you listen to the guy show, we can't think uh, of please come name. on. <laughs> we love you so much that we know your name. We love you so much that we call you speech impediment guy. Start naming out names A to B. I mean, A to, A yeah. to Z. And I'll just like put that in later Insert on. name here. If you're listening, please come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. Any of them. Even even the writers, we'd love to have you. Um, but no, I mean... It- John Ross Bowie. That's his <laughs> name. John Ross Bowie. Oh, name pull. Name drop right there. you pulled it you dropped it well okay look again we're 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 spiraling down to rat hole terribly but i will say (laughs) so to the to the gentlemen at uh because they are all gentlemen because they're not the first wait no to the gentlemen at it's all been done i say uh I, i bite my thumb at the Oh. So that's my response to the gauntlet drumming. That's my response to the gauntlet throwing. Is I bite my thumb at them. But no, uh, in all sincerity, I, I I would love to collaborate on something if they're up for it. I am. So maybe we'll maybe we'll intersect at one point for a uh, for a song. That'd be great. That would be great. All right, speaking of which, I got us way off topic, but we never gave any ratings. Ratings. <laughs> and I long for the sound of your voice. That I'm not feeling very creative, but baby seats seem to be the perfect rating. Like, how many baby seats do you give this? Yeah. Um, oh, there we go. Aaron, why don't we start with you? Okay. Well, you know, it's it's difficult because I this song is so different from a lot of the other stuff that we've heard. Uh, that might be the the influence. That might be that might be the Duran Duran influence there. Uh, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I gotta say, I'm trying to put this in, in, I'm looking at like the high threes or the low fours, and I'm looking at what I've rated other songs. I really like Aluminum. I gave that a 3.8. I really liked uh, Am I the Only One. Do I like this more than those? 
maybe let's say 3.95 just Ooh. almost decent to four stars i really really did like this song interesting i like this song and i just want to segue because aaron mentioned duran duran who i love and i had posters on every wall of my room growing up because that's how I nice. am, obsessive. But I want to say, <laughs> you mentioned Hall & Oates earlier. I saw them in concert in 1983. Mm. When, I was, when I was a... a oh, nice. Last. Wow. That was, wow. Yeah. When I was a baby. When I was a tiny baby. <laughs> yeah, they, they were so good. That's awesome. So when you were in your baby seat... I, I When I was in the baby seat, yeah, indeed. Well, no, but that's... I think Till Tuesday opened for them, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. I am I am legit jealous because honestly, like the Hall and Oates, I only recently got into them because my friend Pat was like showing me that. He's like, you know Hall and Oates? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I know who they are, and he started showing me yes. like some of the more recent stuff that like Daryl Hall was doing. He has like a studio open to like like uh, oh, other bands and invites them in to record and stuff. Live at Daryl's house. That's really good. And I was like, wow, that guy's that guy's got some really cool stuff going on. So I um, you know, it's the kind of thing where like Guster on one of his shows. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I think. I think a lot of people probably tend to kind of sweep them under the rug as being like poppy and stuff like that, but they actually had some really good stuff that that I've uh, been getting into, and uh, some really good musicianship on their part. So that's cool. That must have been a, a heck of a show. It was great. I loved it, and I give this song a four. All right, four baby seats, Tracy. So we're gonna have a really easy average tonight, I think. What's what do you <laughs> give it, Tracy? What? I had to throw a wrench in the works. <laughs> You did. I almost have to come for that <laughs> average at this point. <laughs> 4 what's your rating? I like this song a lot. This, I, I'll give a heads up for, for future episodes. This is one of the lowest for me that you're going to find on this album. Um, so it isn't one of my, my favorites off the album. But I knew the words a long time, even before knowing the meaning of the song. I would always sing with it, much to the horror of my family. <laughs> I get the song a four. It is just phenomenal. It's a strong that entry. Chorus. That chorus just booms. Yeah, in. agreed. And agreed. As I listen to it, this if week, I were rating just the chorus, it would easily be a solid four or above. Oh yeah. And as I listened to it this week, it was really interesting. I was like, okay, I bet the instruments like really like start getting much more intense during there. They actually like from what I was listening to, and when I looked on the recording, like on on my computer. The instruments don't get any more intense during it. it. That is all vocals just pounding away mm -hmm. and like hitting mm -hmm. you between the eyes. And it is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, that moves. Um, baby Seat is in, in spot number seven. Wow. Nice. Yes. That's... Right below. It's a contender. But it's between All in Good Time and Aluminum. That's a good spot to be in. Yes. That is a good spot to be in. continue with last week's um junos and continue with the the theme of the junos from 2002 um they did a skit during the 2002 junos um where they where tyler has a a major mental health problem that we know as compulsive drumming syndrome aaron have you ever dealt with <laughs> compulsive drumming syndrome 
I myself am a, a former victim to this terrible disorder. Uh, <laughs> I've been in recovery for years. No, but I mean, I, I, I am joking, but almost not. Like, this is, I know this is a joke. And it's obviously, you know, this the, they're being jokey with it. But I have noticed you can spot a drummer from miles away because we will just bang on anything. Like, legitimately, my parents bought me a drum set when I was a kid because I, if I was dragging pots and pans and Tupperware out of the <laughs> cupboard and taking my mom's wooden spoons and just playing. They're like, here, fine, just have a drum set. Just play down in the basement and don't play after whatever hour. Um and the funny thing is, I, re- I distinctly recall it was probably in Canada. I was at like a Burger King in Canada randomly, and I was like visiting my my uh, aunt and uncle out there, and I was like just with my index fingers, kind of drumming on the counter while I was waiting. And someone goes, "You must be a drummer." And I was like, "Yeah, you got me." So I I actually did and probably still do have compulsive drumming syndrome. To be honest, I think it's a legit thing. You can spot drummers uh, because of it. It's probably not so. I, I really tilers, did. Though. No, just I don't drum on my friends' heads. <laughs> I draw the line. You have to draw the line somewhere. Or your own head. The skin is funny because it's true. Yes. It is. Legit. And that's the thing with BNL. All their songs are funny because they're true. And I love it how he slowly alienates the rest of the members of the band. <laughs> Even oh, yeah. They come out and try and defend him, and then they're just like, go away. <laughs> My favorite line in all of it is after Steven's sitting there trying to defend him, and he goes, screw off, jerk pants. <laughs> <laughs> jerk pants. Yes. Nice. I, I liked Kevin's outfit, though. He came well equipped. I did. And astute viewers will notice <laughs> that the that the lobster of healing is, is Sean Cullen from Corky and the Juice Pigs. Nice. So, also gives also gives the Canadians that really know the the band really well a nice little like a nice little Easter egg. Enjoy that. I'll have that up on the, on our uh, notes. And if I said something to make you mad I will take it back feedback we can just be so immature about it uh, but please leave us an electronic postcard with chimpanzees and we're working on it <laughs> we promise uh, we look forward to constructive criticism on how to improve the show or just add to the discussion most of so send us an electronic postcard uh, by visiting us at Facebook or Twitter at Bare Naked ABCs, visiting us at BowlingStormTrooperEntertainment.com, or writing to a, uh, writing to us at BareNakedABCs at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Especially you, Marshall Mathers. <laughs> yes! I know you're listening. <laughs> he, ha- he has a superhero name, you know. That's true. Yeah, you got the alliterative name. I think so, too. I think so. I, I feel that we're ready to get out of the baby seat. 40 years at sea. You know, the ones that have the backs on them, I, I think yes. we're ready actually for a booster seat with no back. And and I don't wow. think there will be any setbacks. Unless, of course, I fall <laughs> down the stairs and then I'll break my back. And then, and then maybe I'll be back <laughs> in, in traction. And, and hey, guys, I got off track. Do you guys remember what next week's song is? It was really reaching with the jokey bit. <laughs> that was the name of the song. <laughs> what was it, Michelle? I have no idea. <laughs> Can you get me back on track? Here we go. So next week's song that we'll be covering is Back. 
<laughs> off no album because it was not released on the off any of their main albums. I like it, but it's inferior to their song Neck. <laughs> Thyroid. Much better than their song Toe, though. <laughs> Agreed. That's hilarious. And it's way better than Metacritic. <laughs> oh man, that song was too clinical. <laughs> Well, this has been great fun. It's, it was a great song. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it deserves to be in the higher uh, rankings there. So I'm pleased with how it turned out. And as always, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys. I hope you have a great night. All right, guys. Hey. Have a good night. Have a, have a great night. Bye. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you next time here on the Bare Naked ABCs. Woo! <laughs> it's all been done. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget, no regrets, except maybe one. Like, as we're growing up, like, that in that early 20s, that teenage, late teenage, early 20s, everyone's trying to explore themselves and figure out. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded wrong. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.